Uh, we're going to go into our today's scripture reading, uh, which comes from Genesis chapter 12. We're going to read verses 1, and f- 1 through 4 uh, in the ESV. There are ESV Bibles under your, your seats if you are here in person. If you're joining us from home, feel free to look up the scripture. Uh, it will be also uh, posted behind me if you're able to read it. Um, again, it's Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. And if you're here in person and if you feel comfortable doing this at home, uh, we, we uh, invite you to stand as able for the reading of God's word. May the Lord bless the reading of God's word for us. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Um, I actually forgot to change uh, the title slide here. It's actually supposed to say, How to Be Friends with God. And, <laughs> you know, it's something that uh, is, is really kind of uh, amazing, is that Abraham was called the friend of God. And, and it's just such a kind of mind-blowing thing to think of, especially when you consider the way that the Israelites thought of God as being, you know, so, like, holy, Right? And just so big and just, you know, like, like his holiness was so great, you couldn't stand in the presence of God. And so I wanted to show you, this is from Isaiah 41. Uh, it says, but you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friends, you whom I took from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest corner, saying to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not cast you off. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Oh, man, I get so pumped just reading that. I mean, it's so beautiful, right? This promise of God, I'm going to be with you. You're mine, right? I'm going to take care of you. Don't worry, right? Like, Like, I'm by your side. And this idea that Abraham was the friend of God, I want that. (laughs) Don't you? How do we become friends with God? I was wondering, you know, just in general, you know, I was like, hey, is there any parallels to becoming, like, friends with people? You know, and and I was kind of thinking about, like, can you even learn how to become friends with people? Isn't that just, like, something naturally that happens? Like, I don't know, when you're on the playground and, uh, like, 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 you got the truck in the sand and you're, like, just... And another kid has a truck in the sand and the trucks kind of hit each other and you look up and you're like... And then you start playing together, right? Like, nothing needs to be said. Right? But just from that day on, best buds, right? Just happens. You know? I wonder though, as we kind of continue in life, if it's that easy. Sometimes, I mean, I don't know about you guys. You guys have friends that are so old. Like, like, they're, they're, like, I'm not saying your friends are old, but like your friendship has gone back so long that you don't even remember when you became friends. Yeah? You guys have some friends like that? Maybe some of you are like, no, not you, but there's some other people who are like that. And, but, but as we get older, you know, I, I do think sometimes it's a little bit harder to make friends, you know, as you become adults. And so there was actually articles I found. There was like a, a wiki how. This is actually a, a, a graphic from the wiki how. How do you become good friends with someone? 
And there, there was like a WebMD article, right? It's like, you know, how to stay safe from coronavirus. And then how to become really good friends with somebody. You know, it's so weird. You know, like, do you need to be told how to become friends with people? But apparently, it's a little bit harder than we think. But, you know, uh, I, I was like looking at the list and, and I was like, are there parallels here? Can I like build a sermon that's based on like how you become friends with a person? And I realized that it's actually different. Maybe you guys have realized this too. Because some of the steps in like the wiki how is like, find common interests, right? I mean, you know, I, I guess like, you can kind of bring that to God, but like, God, what are your interests? I mean, you know, is God going to ask you what are your interests? And he's going to like, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's a parallel there. I, I don't know. Um, th- th- like, actually, come to think of it, some of these are, are not bad. Uh, there, there's like a step that's like, you know, talk about the other person and praise them instead of like just talking about yourself. Like, oh, that actually kind of works with God, you know? <laughs> but, you know, the, the, the idea is that uh, uh, I, I think a lot of us want to know this secret, right? You know, not just how to become friends with a human, right? But how to become friends with God. And so to me, I'm like, if we want to figure that out, then we got to look at the person that the Bible calls the friend of God, Abraham, right? And in this story that we look at in Genesis chapter 12, um, this is like basically the second mention of Abraham. Abraham just appears in a list of like all these descendants, right, that came from the, the first humans, right? And he's just another in the line. And then all of a sudden, Genesis 12 takes us in a different direction. And they tell us a little bit more about God's special relationship with this guy. Ab- well, he was called Abram back then, and he ends up becoming called Abraham. Uh, but he- here it is. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. So this is a a, a very kind of interesting thing to me, is that Abram was no spring chicken. You know, He, he was no like young dude. You know, he was 75 years old when he took off on this adventure with God, right? And so to me, I I know there's a lot of young people here, but some of you are a little more veteran like me, you know, a little more trips around the sun than some other people. And maybe sometimes we kind of feel like, well, you know, friendship with God, that sounds great, but, you know, my life is kind of settled and I've kind of like already kind of figured things out. You know, what does this mean? Because here you see Abraham going on this great adventure, right? God says, go to this land, and he goes, right? He takes up everything, and, and he leaves, right? He leaves what was comfortable, right? I, I want to highlight that, friends. I want to say that again. For Abraham to go on this adventure with God, where he becomes friends with God, he has to leave what is comfortable, right? His country, his kinsmen, all the things that, that he's used to, right? Like he knows all the streets in Haran, right? He knows all the people in Haran. He's lived the same life over and over and over again. And so to leave that, you got to think that's got to be a difficult thing. 
But there is this great promise. And a lot of us, we focus on this. I mean, of course, how could you not? Blessing, blessing, it's so good. I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. You know, there was this song that came out uh, during the pandemic. Um, It was like Carrie Job and Cody Carnes and uh, the Elevation worship team. It was called The Blessing. You guys heard of it? Like, like this, I mean, if a song can go viral, it did. And this is like a Christian song, right? But so many people resonated with the song that like, you know, they made videos where they're singing the blessing in like all these different languages. The Lord bless you and keep you, right? And like, everyone's like, yes, yes, especially during the pandemic when like everyone's at home, everyone's scared, everyone's feeling uncertain, right? To hear this, 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 this reminder, this promise of God, the Lord bless you, this prayer, the Lord bless you and keep you. What does blessing mean, friends? I think most of us know it's a good thing, right? It means that God wants good things for you. He has good intentions, right? Even more than that, I think a blessing is not just a good thing, it is the best thing, right? The best things that God wants for you. Right? And that's why oftentimes when we are praying for God's will, we are not praying for the blessings that we want. Because what do we even know about what we want, right? We've talked about this before. That sometimes you think you want something and you get it and it's kind of disappointing, right? But the idea of a blessing is, God, you know what is best, right? And so I want that. I want the best of what you have for me, right? And all of a sudden, I I, I think for many of us, we hear this and we're like, "Mm, yeah, I want that, right? I want the blessing, right? And I was just kind of thinking like, okay, what does a blessing look like? And some of you guys know, when I prepare these messages, I look, like to look at Google images. And a kind of pattern emerged. I want to see if you guys can see it. And if anyone's listening, listening to this, just the audio, like a podcast, um, you know, I'll just kind of describe for you what these pictures look like. But I just, Google images, just typical image, there's tons of these, like seriously hundreds that look like this. So again, if you're only seeing the audio, it's basically uh, just outstretched hands, just kind of like, you know, palms up towards heaven, just open, right? What is this? What is this a gesture of, friends? Please, sir, may I have some more, right? It's, it's a posture of receiving, right? And so that's oftentimes the way it's presented, right? Sometimes you see like clouds in the background. Here's another one, right? Uh, Oftentimes there's like a light gleaming. It's so beautiful, right? It's a pretty picture. You know, here's another one, right? And then here's another one where it's like, like they they put the the cross in the middle, right? The blessing, you know, you're going to receive this thing from God. And friends, that's not wrong, right? Because blessing is a gift. You, you are going to receive it. But I think maybe there might be a, just kind of a, a slight misunderstanding that might come from this understanding of blessing as almost like a static thing, right? Like you're just sitting still. Um, sorry for those at home. Maybe you can't see me super well, but I'm just kind of sitting here, right? And, and I'm just, just like doing nothing. I'm like, God bless me. Okay, now. Mm. No, no, God, now. Oh, God, now, right? And it's like this kind of like, you know, God, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the blessing. I'm waiting for the blessing. Is that what it looks like for Abraham? This is a great blessing. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you so much. The entire world is going to be blessed through you, right? All the families of the earth are going to be blessed through you. You've never heard of a greater blessing than that. At least I haven't. 
right? It's so humongous. Did Abraham just stay in Haran and just, you know, sit down, you know, hands outstretched, like, okay, God bless me now? No. What did he do? He went. He went, right? He's like, because this is what God said. Go to where I am sending you, and I will bless you. You guys see that? Go to where I am sending you. And where is that? Well, we don't know. He's like, I'm going to show you, right? There's no certainty here, right? A lot of us, we don't like that. We like certainty. We like a roadmap, right? I, I, I've talked about this sometimes that, like, churches love vision. Vision, 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 vision. And there's, like, maybe, like, one mention of vision in the Bible. It's, like, in Proverbs. It's, like, you know, without vision, the people perish. And it's, like, yeah, I mean, if you can't see where you're going, you're going to, you know, fall in a hole or something. Like, yeah, it makes sense, right? But we get so obsessed with vision because I think we want to know where we're going. God, where are you taking me, right? Where exactly am I going? Because we want certainty. But that's not what Abraham gets, right? He's not like, okay, just chill. I'm going to give you the blessing. He says, no, no, I need you to walk with me. I need you to get up and go. I need you to leave your comfort space, right? And you're going to go to a place that you do not know, right? To a people that you do not know. To a place that you don't even know where it is. You're going to have to trust me. Right? You're going to have to trust me. You're going to have to walk. And so, friends, what we get is not a promise of just static blessings. You sit there, and the blessings will come. What we get is a journey. Right? Is it, what you get is your life. You've got to move. You've got to go. Right? And where are we going? We're going to where God is sending us. There is going to be this great thing that comes in terms of what it means to be a friend of God right? And by the way, I'm not the only one who's fascinated by that, who's just like, whoa, word? Abraham was the friend of God? I want to find out how to be a friend of God. It's mentioned in other scriptures. So James chapter 2, it talks about this. And so what it's talking about in James chapter 2 is this idea that there were some people who were like, yeah, yeah, I believe in God. Mm, Yeah, you know, I have faith in God, right? But they didn't seem to be doing a lot with it. And then there's other people who are like, oh, yeah, yeah, come on. We got to go, like, feed the poor, and we got to go, you know, spread the gospel and all this stuff. And it seemed like they were so focused on, like, the actions, right? And what James is trying to say is, like, you, you actually kind of need both, right? And so he says, um, so, so he's talking about Abraham here. You see that faith was acti- active along with his works, Abraham's works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. So he was called a friend, why? Because he believed God, because he trusted God, because God said, go, and then he went, right? And as Abraham is going, that is when he is blessed. Sometimes I think we think of blessing as the reward. Oh, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. One day, one day I'm going to bless you. But that's actually not what you see in Scripture. We're going to come back to this. But you're going to see Abraham was blessed the whole way. Abraham was blessed the moment he walked out the door. The moment he walked out the door, God started to bless him. 
Right? If you don't believe me, I'm going to show you in a moment. But, but let's take a look at, again, this, this idea of Abraham's faith and how he became a friend of God. This is Hebrews 11, 8 through 10. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, right? We just talked about that, that place. He doesn't know where it is. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. Why is that significant? Why does the writer of Hebrews mention living in tents? Because they hadn't received the fulfillment of the promise yet, right? They were, be, they were told, you're going to be a great nation, right? A great nation doesn't live in tents. You know who lives in tents? People who aren't going to stay in one place for long. That's who lives in tents, right? Usually tents are for nomads, right? You can pick up and go. You can bring that tent wherever you go, right? And so there is an acknowledgement that that the writer of Hebrews says that when Abraham went out, he knew it was temporary, right? We're just in a tent, right? But, But he believed. He believed that God was leading him someplace good, right? And so it says... um. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. This is where uh, the writer of Hebrews starts getting a little bit more spiritual, right? Where, where like, like, what was Abraham's ultimate fulfillment of his promise? What's the fulfillment of Abraham's promise? Or, or the promise that God made to Abraham, I should say. What's the fulfillment? You guys remember what that blessing was, right? Anyone? It's not supposed to be a trick question. What's the fulfillment? Like, like the, the natural conclusion, the, the goal, the vision, right? What is the end goal? I'm going to make you into a great what? Great what? Some, someone said it. Nation, okay, a great people, right? Lots and lots of people living in a land, right? Does Abraham ever get to see that? Does Abraham ever get to see the great fulfillment of this? No, he doesn't, right? He dies before that, right? So what is Abraham holding on to? Why does Abraham go? Do you think he would have went if he knew that, that he wouldn't get to see the end goal? Would he still have gone? I don't know. It's a good question, right? But what makes him a friend of God isn't that he, it's like this transactional thing, right? It's not that he's like, okay, God, I'm going to go, but you better uphold your end of the bargain, right? It's not that kind of transactional relationship. And when Abraham gets there, he isn't like, okay, God, where is it? Come on, blessing, blessing. I think that's the way a lot of us think of our relationship with God. There's so many of us, we pray for something, and when it doesn't happen, we get angry, right? We're like, God, how dare you? You told me this was going to come. But that isn't quite being a friend of God. That isn't the kind of, of, of uh, uh, posture that Abraham went before God. How, what was Abraham's posture? What was the thing that enabled him to go, even though he didn't know where he was going? To go, even though he would never get to see the fulfillment of the promise. What kept him going? It starts with F, rhymes with Maith. <laughs> it was faith, right? 
What is faith? Um, I, I, I think that, that faith is better translated as trust. Um, so, so when you think about this idea of like, like you believe that something's going to be true, it, it's not so much that you believe that something's going to be true, it's you believe in someone, right? A- Abraham didn't believe because, uh, uh, you know, he thought like, oh yeah, you know, this thing is going to happen. I mean, maybe he did believe a thing was going to happen, but the reason why he believed that is because he believed in the one who promised it. He believed in his goodness, right? And in God's power, in God's ability to be able to deliver on this, right? And so what made him a friend of God is that God extended to him, right, a hand to say, hey, do you want to go on a journey with me? This is going to be a journey of blessing, right? I'm going to bless you, right? But you are going to have to leave all that is comfortable. Will you go with me? Will you go with me? And what it means to be a friend of God is to take God's hand and start walking, right? And so I was trying to think of a parallel to this. And the thing that always comes to mind when I think of this story is Aladdin. You guys remember in Aladdin, this happens a couple of times, like where Aladdin's in the market with, with Jasmine, and, and, and they're like evading the guards. And, you know, he, he reaches out his hand to her. He's like, do you trust me? Right? And of course, because it's a Disney movie, she's like, yeah, you know, street rat, you know, criminal that I just met. Yeah, sure. Why not? You know, and so she trusts him. Right. And, and then there's that other scene, right, where they're, they're on a floating carpet, right, that's floating in midair. And, and she's like, whoa, 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 what is this? And Aladdin goes, do you trust me? And of course, it's, I can show you the world. There's no, I can show you the world if she doesn't take his hand. And if she doesn't, what? You know, daintily, princess leap onto the carpet, right? And go with Aladdin, right? That is trust. That is what uh, uh, James is talking about, right? Faith without works is dead, right? You can't say you believe in God and not go with him right? You can't say you believe in God and not step out into the unknown. That's what God is asking you to do all the time. Things that don't feel good, things that you don't see the solution, where you don't see the destination. But God is just saying, will you trust me? Will you trust me? Abraham, will you trust me? Will you leave everything that you know? Will you step out in faith, right? And if Abraham was to do it, and he did, right, he becomes the friend of God, right? Just like Jasmine and Aladdin, right? (laughs) Become maybe more than friends, you know? But it doesn't happen without trust, right? So there is this great thing um, about God, that God wants to meet us where we are. But friends, I, I, I want you to also see that God is continually calling us in life. Yes, he does meet you where you are right? That is the message of Jesus in the incarnation, right? He becomes like a human to meet us where we are. But I also want you to see God is trying to lead you into a life of faith, right? And it is in in, in and of itself a life of blessing. Because let's face it, friends, if you are to uh, do something that God asks you to do, right? Something uncertain. And by the way, it's not always going to be something like, like super big, Right? We focus on like, you know, God, what should I do with my entire life? What should I do with my career? Where should I go to graduate school? Whom should I marry? Definitely consult God for that. 
<laughs> you know, definitely. But every day, how do you spend your time? What do you do? Right? Last week, we talked about something that if you were to do it, I think would be extremely scary. We asked you, <laughs> or invited you, I, I guess, to create more space with God, which might mean maybe deleting some apps from your phone. Maybe putting your phone down and not relying on it as much, right? And this is the thing. If God is calling you to do such a thing, it's like, I want to bring you to deeper waters. I want to bring you to to, to greater places of intimacy with me. Would you take a walk with me? Like literally, leave your apartment and leave all your devices and all your video games and all your YouTube. And would you go on a walk in the Arboretum, right? And just walk without your phone, right? Would you do that? And for a lot of us, what's happening What's happening is, is we're battling our flesh. We're battling this idea that, like, no, comfort. It's much more comfortable if I don't leave my apartment. What if I leave my apartment? It's super cold. Or what if I get COVID? Or what, what, what if there's some, like, like, crazy stalker, right? There's all these kinds of things that can happen, and it's safer and more comfortable to just stay in your apartment, right? But what happens with Abraham? What makes him the friend of God is not just that he trusts God, but he continues to because he builds this relationship with God, right? And so he steps out in faith. We don't know why he does it, but for whatever reason, he's like, okay, cool. He takes all of his stuff, all of his possessions, and and he leaves, right? And he goes out on this great adventure. And you're going to see there's a really weird story that happens right after Abraham leaves. So we get a little bit of a travel log. He goes to these different places. He goes to Bethel. He goes, you know, kind of different places. And then he ends up in Egypt because there's a famine. And they're thinking like, okay, Egypt's a great nation. Let's go there. Let's find some food. And when he goes down there, a weird thing happens. Uh, So Abraham starts to worry. He's like, oh, man, you know, my wife is, like, so hot, right? And if I go down there, you know, they're going to see my really beautiful wife, and they're going to want her, right? And, and, like, I know how these people work, right? They're going to kill me, and they're going to take my wife. So what does he do? He tells Sarah. He's like, hey, Sarah, if anyone asks, you're not my wife, you're my sister, right? And so he goes down there, and what ends up happening is that uh, it, it tells us this. Uh, so th- this is the very next story, right? It's such a weird story. Abram entered Egypt. The Egyptians saw that the woman, Sarah, was very beautiful. And when the princess, princes of Pharaoh saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh. And the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. And for her sake, he dealt well with Abram. And he had sheep, oxen, male donkeys, male servants, female servants, female donkeys, and camels. But the, but the Lord afflicted Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarah, Abram's wife. So Pharaoh called Abram and said, what is this you have done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister so that I took her for my wife? Now then, here's your wife. Take her and go. And Pharaoh gave men orders concerning him, and they sent him away with his wife and all that he had. This is a weird story, right? Why did this happen? Friends, remember, what was the promise? What was the promise? I will bless you, and I'm going to bless those who bless you. And I'm going to curse those who curse you. So this is the promise. God says to Abram, go, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to be your God. So Abram goes, but he's a human being, right? And so when he goes to Egypt, he's afraid. He's like, mm, I, I don't know. I don't know about this, right? They're really powerful, right? 
They, they might kill me, right? And so he's afraid, so he lies. Right? He uses deception to try to stay alive, right? And what ends up happening? So one is that they, they actually do bless Abram. Do you see that? They give him lots of stuff, right? And maybe for Abram, maybe he's like, 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 he's like oh, why are you giving me all this stuff? You know, they're like, oh, for your sister, you know? But he's getting blessed, right? And then, you know, obviously when Pharaoh goes to marry Sarah, all these crazy things happen in Egypt, right? Plagues start breaking out, right? They start getting sick. And they're like, something's going on. And they find out the secret. No, this is your wife, right? And if you're Abram, what do you think is happening? What do you think is happening during this time? I think for Abram, he finally gets it, or he starts to understand a little bit, like, oh, God, you were serious. You meant it when you said that you would bless those who bless me, and you would curse those who curse me, right? He sees an actual sign of that, right? Now, a lot of times we hear the story (laughs) in isolation from the blessing. And so we're like, oh, you know, Abram lied, and why would God punish Pharaoh for that? And, and friends, there's a bigger thing at work here. Yes, God will at times rebuke those who are unfaithful, right? And, and I got to say, it probably was mad uncomfortable for, for, you know, Abram to get called out and for him to get thrown out and all this stuff, right? But he's not harmed at the end of the day, right? But maybe there's a lesson learned for Abram. Like, you know what? This God is actually with me. This God actually is blessing me. This God is actually faithful to his promises. He told me if I went out and if someone cursed me, they get cursed. And I see that now, right? And so what you see with Abraham is he is starting to see the goodness of God. He's starting to see the goodness of God as he lives in faith, as he walks. This is the way it works, friends, right? It comes in the journey. What most of us want, we're like, I want assurances, God. I want you to bless me first. And what God is saying is, yeah, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to be with you, right? But you need to see for yourself that I am good. So you have to actually act on what I'm telling you to do. You have to step out in faith. And if you step out in faith, this is the promise. The goodness of God will rise to meet you. I'm going to say that again because it's so good, friends. If you step out in faith, the goodness of God will rise to meet you. Do you believe that, friends? Do you believe that? That's in anything that God may be asking you to do. Maybe God is asking you to take on a new prayer routine, right? And for some of us, we're like, well, I don't feel like praying. You know, I'm, it, it's, it's so uncomfortable and all this stuff. I'm telling you, friends, as you walk in faith, as you learn the goodness of God, will rise to meet you. Will it happen immediately? Maybe not, right? And maybe you're going to have to learn some lessons along the way. But I'm telling you, God will be with you. I want to share one final story when it comes to learning to be a friend of God. And this comes uh, from the life of Jesus. This this is in the New Testament. And this is a story of when uh, Jesus was going off to be by himself. It was a very busy day, they, they were, uh, uh, you know, they fed like the 5,000 and, you know, they, they were healing people and all this stuff was happening. And not only that, but he, uh, Jesus had just found out that his cousin, John the Baptist, was murdered, right? And he probably had some things to sort out with God. And so we find that Jesus goes off to be by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, 
for the wind was against them. So this is like maybe like a squall, like a sudden storm that has brewed up, right? And we're told, in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, the disciples, walking on the sea. So this is that famous story, right? Jesus is walking on the water. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come, right? He's inviting him, step out in faith and the goodness of God will rise to meet you. Yes, Peter, step out in faith, come to me, right? And so that's what he does. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and he began to sink. Friends, have you ever experienced this? You've stepped out in faith. I don't know. Maybe there's something God has asked you to do. You know, I don't know. Maybe God has asked you like, hey, that relationship, not so good. Maybe you need to step out in faith. Maybe you need to leave your comfort zone. Maybe that thing that you're doing, it's not what I want you to do. I want you to do something else. I want you to delete that app. I want you to walk with me in prayer. I want you to read the Bible, whatever it is, right? All of these things are not by the flesh. These are by the spirit. The flesh is what's comfortable. The flesh is what's familiar. The flesh is keeping you inside of the boat in fear, right? But the spirit is saying you may not feel like it, but can you step out in faith? And maybe some of you have. Maybe some of you, you've left the relationship. Or maybe some of you, you've deleted the app. Or maybe you've started the prayer routine. And you start to walk out in faith, and then all of a sudden just life hits you. You know, maybe first couple days are good, but you start getting jittery because you don't have the app anymore, you know? Or you start to really miss that person, you know? And you start getting really lonely, and you're like, oh my gosh, my life sucks. I'm, I'm alone. Nobody likes me, you know? Or, or maybe you're reading the Bible, and you're like, man, this makes no sense, right? And then maybe you go back, or maybe you just despair, right? You make some mistakes. You sin. I don't know what happens, right? But you start to sink, just like Peter. He's looking at the things around him, and he starts to sink. And some of you are thinking like, Pastor Steve, you tricked me. You told me if I stepped out in faith that the goodness of God would rise to meet me. And you definitely see that. Do you see Peter? He didn't sink right away. He was walking, right? He was learning. He was going. He was blessed. It was good. But just life happened, right? And he starts to doubt, as sometimes we do. He starts to look around. He starts to see the things of life, and he starts to sink. And then what happens? Does Jesus go like, sorry, Peter, (laughs) sucker, (laughs) or like, better learn how to swim, Peter? No, that's not what he does. What what happens, right? He began to sink, and then he cries out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately, Jesus immediately, Jesus immediately reached out his hand. He didn't wait. He didn't punish Peter. Immediately, I'm right here. The goodness of God will rise to meet you because I'm right here. I'm right here. He reaches out his hand, took hold of him, saying to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Did Jesus cast out Peter after this? No, they continued to walk together. Would Peter be perfect after this? No, absolutely not. <laughs> this guy would step out in faith and say something really stupid or doubt or, or, you know, I don't know, take out a sword and cut off a servant's ear. You know, he would do crazy things. And so many times 
Jesus was still there every time to pick him back up. Peter, keep going. Peter, I'm with you. The goodness of God will rise to meet you. Will you still continue to step out in faith? And ask the priest team to come up. And I want to ask you guys as they do that. What might God be asking you to do in faith? He's extending his hand to you. He's saying, I want to make you whole. That's what we've been talking about, right? I I want to do something to bless you. I don't want to give you what you want because what you want is not going to give you what you need, which is my blessing, right? We've talked about this so many times, friends. We chase what we want, and, and oftentimes, you know, maybe there's a little bit of pleasure, right? Like, like you go, you have fun, right? You go party, whatever. You know, you do these things, and it's fun, right? But it doesn't last. It doesn't last. It's not what you really want. But God is saying, I'm going to give you my friendship. I'm going to give you my grace. I'm going to give you the best life. But I need you to step out of the boat. I need you to leave your comfort zone. I need you to step out in faith. And if you do, the goodness of God will rise up to meet you. So friends, will you walk in alignment with the Spirit of God, trusting that God is good? Have you felt that little, little kind of nudge on your heart? There's something you, you just know. You just know. Like, like, I don't even need to say anything. You know that God is asking you to do this. Friends, is there something that we can do right now in faith? You know, you can schedule it. You can put it in your phone right now. Or, or, or you, you can, you know, resolutely decide. You can fix your mind right now to say, God, I will step out in faith. I'm going to delete that app. I'm going to start that prayer routine. I'm going to go on that walk with the Lord. I'm going to forgive that person. I'm going to, uh, you know, leave that situation. Whatever it is that God is asking you to do, will you step out in faith? I want to pray over us who are struggling with that or maybe God is speaking to you right now. Let's pray. God, we want to give you our very lives. And we want to learn, God, how to be your friends. How to step out in faith and trust you and to go on this adventure that you are guiding us on where we see your goodness. And because we see your goodness, we're able to continually step out in faith. And then we're going to see more of your goodness. And then we're going to continue to step out in faith. And our faith will grow. Our trust will grow. And we'll keep stepping out in faith. And we'll keep seeing your goodness, Lord. We want that, God but maybe some of us are feeling stuck. That boat, it just, it's, it's just so comfortable. And the water looks so scary. You're asking us to step out, Lord. May your Holy Spirit whisper to us. May your Holy Spirit remind us of your goodness. God, just as we sing this closing praise, as we leave this place, may there be a reminder. Will you send us a sign? Will you send us a confirmation, God? that we are supposed to do this. And if we get that, Lord, can we respond in faith? God, will you give us the power, the strength to be able to respond in faith? In Jesus' name we pray, amen.